It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello, good afternoon and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be conducting our tactical analysis of Arsenal's 3-0 win at Sheffield United on Sunday. I know the opposition weren't particularly strong. I know it's not something to go over the top about, but it was an impressive performance and win from the Gunners nevertheless. So we're going to be discussing some of the tactical tweaks that Mikel Arteta made, how we managed to cope without a recognised left-back and uh, and the significance of Danny Ceballos moving into a slightly different role and how that saw us get the best out of him. Big hello to everybody in the live chat. Hope you're all well. Hope you're all good. Uh, Just before I get into things, just want to quickly remind you that for the next few days, this podcast is brought to you by the brilliant Le Bomb, the brand new football predictor game where you take on your mates rather than the bookies. As things stand, going into the final couple of games this weekend, of course, they take place tonight. I am joint top with Rory, uh, Rory Jennings, that is Chelsea man. And of course, we're also in the same group with Adam McCola, Elliot Hackney and Boovy, some of the football world's most recognisable YouTubers. So the competition is hotting up. We're into the final day. If you want to take on your friends and have a good crack at it, download the app. The link is in the description. You must be 18 to play and a UK resident. So feel free to check it out. Let's uh, let's have a look at the, the way Mikel Arteta uh, lined Arsenal up yesterday. And I think when the team news uh, came out, you know, we talked about, um, the, you know, well, many of us thought that we were going to see Bukayo Saka playing at left back. We were going to see Danny Ceballos uh, probably in a more advanced midfield role um, and the rest would be as you were. But actually, Mikel Arteta sprung a bit of a surprise on us. And now in hindsight, when you think about when uh, he was asked in the lead up to the game whether Bukayo Saka would be playing at left back. And he said, you'll have to wait and see. You could see why now, because he did have a surprise up his sleeve. Um, and it was a it was a move that worked. Now, I appreciate that, of course, Sheffield United are far from top tier opposition. They're a side who, you know, are, are doomed for relegation. They're a side who have really struggled to hit the heights that they did last season. I know they finished in a really good position last season, but the signs were there, weren't they, um, for Sheffield United towards the back end of last season. After the restart, they were particularly weak um, and, and that's continued into this season. It's, it's seen Chris Wilder walk away from the job, um, you know, and, and Sheffield United obviously are doomed. But they are a combative side. They are a well-organised side and they are a side with a clear identity. And Arsenal uh, managed, thankfully, uh, to uh, to put them to the sword. And, and Arsenal came away from that game with all three points. And I spoke about it in the post-match reaction show. I talked about the fact that this game had the potential to either heap more pressure on us going into the game 
on Thursday, that huge uh, quarterfinal second leg uh, against Slavia Prague, or it could give us a bit of a confidence boost heading into that one. And it's done the latter. It's given Arsenal a bit of a confidence boost. It's given some of the players who have been struggling for starts, most notably Gabri Martinelli, the opportunity to come into the side, take his his chance and, and prove to Mikel Arteta that he's worthy of a starting place, at least more regularly than what he's currently getting. And Martinelli took that chance with, with both hands. He worked extremely hard down the left-hand side, got back and supported and protected Granit Xhaka, uh, who was our makeshift left-back, but also had an impact in the final third as well. Created a few opportunities, got a few shots off on goal, and of course, uh, poked in um, his goal, which was Arsenal's second goal off the back of some good work from Nicola Pepe down the right-hand side. So, uh, you know, not the most difficult goal, uh, that Gabriel Martinelli will score in his Arsenal career, but one uh, that gives, um, you know, Gabriel Martinelli, you know, a, I guess it, it shows, doesn't it, that his instincts are there, that he knows what positions to take up and he follows in um, and he was in the right place at the right time. That in itself is an art, um, you know, particularly as a goal scorer to get in the right place at the right time is is something that people put down to luck, but no, it's about anticipating what's going to happen. And he anticipated very, very well. I've seen a lot of Arsenal fans on social media sort of over the last sort of 12 hours or so kind of digging out other Arsenal fans who have been pleased off the back of this result. And I can say, I can see uh, Michelle in the chat. He says, confidence from beating that Sheffield team. Oh, how far we've fallen. Michelle, nobody's saying, right, that we beat the best team in the Premier League yesterday. Nobody's saying that all our problems are solved off the back of that result. Nobody's saying that that performance is something we should be jumping up and down about. But it's important to get points on the board and it's important to go into the game against Slavia Prague with a greater confidence. And having thrown away our Europa League quarterfinal first leg lead in the dying stages of the game, to then go and beat somebody, whoever it is, and you can only beat what's in front of you, Having gone and won so comprehensively afterwards, that is a positive. And, and you look at some of the players you would have benefited from yesterday. Alexander Lacazette would have been having nightmares over the last few days about the chances he missed in that Europa League tie. So to go and get a couple of goals against whoever uh, will give him a, a boost of confidence. And that is a positive in itself, even if you don't take into account anything else. But let's get into the, the tactical side of the game. And I wanted... Uh, to start doing this as a regular thing. I want to make it a new series. So going forward after every match the next day, um, we'll, we'll give you the post-match reaction at the time. And then the next day, we'll bring you uh, these tactical analyses. And if you are listening via the audio, uh, I will do my best to explain. Uh, but of course, if you fancy coming over to the YouTube channel so that you can see the visuals I'm using, then you are obviously more than welcome to do so. Only if you subscribe on the YouTube channel as well, though. Um, so this was the team that lined up. It was Leno in goal, Chambers holding Marie and Xhaka were the back four. Ceballos and Partey were in the midfield. Saka was playing in that central advanced midfield role. Martinelli operating from the left, Pepe from the right and Alexander Lacazette up top. It was interesting that Granit Xhaka got the nod. Um, I thought at left back because obviously Bukayo Saka felt like the most, you know, the most natural deputy, the man who has obviously played there, the man who has a greater athleticism. But I've, I've said sort of in recent weeks, and it was the reason I leaned towards Cedric as being, in my opinion, the right replacement for Kieran Tierney was because you're essentially taking Bukayo Saka away from an attack that he's been 
uh, hugely significant for this season. And he's arguably been our most creative force. I say arguably because there'll be people out there that would disagree with that. But for me, he's been one of our most creative forces. And to take him out of the attack, I think, weakens us, um, particularly in a game like the one yesterday where you still fancy Arsenal to win. You think they should have enough in terms of quality to to see them over the line. But I did worry about Granit Xhaka and the lack of athleticism and what that might mean for Arsenal, how we would cope with it. Um, so I, I, I watched the game back again and I had a, a good look at exactly how Arsenal operated uh, to sort of compensate for having Granit Xhaka at left back. And what we did was we kind of shifted the defence over and we made the defence a lot more narrow. And you saw Pablo Marie drop into a more central position. You saw Granit Xhaka drop in to a slightly left of centre position and you saw Rob Holding take up uh, the slightly right of centre position. Now, this was probably easier for Arsenal to do um Yesterday of all days, because Sheffield United play with a back three. So it was almost at times going like for like with them. And, and Arsenal were expected to, to have the lion's share of possession. And so in a game like that, it's obviously easier to deal with. And it's easier to compensate for the fact that you've got somebody playing out of position. But what Danny, uh, sorry, what Granit Xhaka did very well was occupy that position and that area that he seems to occupy quite a bit for Arsenal anyway, even when he's playing in the centre of midfield. You often see Granit Xhaka drop into this deeper position, slightly left of centre, um, and and that normally allows Kieran Tierney to bomb on forward, doesn't it, from left back. There was a worry for me, uh, from me, about the fact that there was no Kieran Tierney, and with no Cedric, i.e. a fullback who is willing to bomb on and give us that width, I wondered how Arsenal were going to compensate for that because we expected Sheffield United, as they did with a back three and then a, a sort of, uh, you know, a, a packed, condensed midfield. We expected them to limit us to possession in the wide area. So how were Arsenal going to take advantage of that, given that there was no natural left back on the pitch? And and to a degree, I know Callum Chambers is, is more adaptable and Callum Chambers has shown, particularly in the game against West Ham recently, that he can uh, play as a right back and he can get up and down the pitch. I wondered how Arsenal were going to do it with Xhaka in the side. And actually, Mikel Arteta made a very, very clever move and one that, quite frankly, I don't think any of us saw coming. And that involved Danny Ceballos. Now, it was all a combination of things that, that led to this being able to happen, but just to sort of tactically take you through it. So Danny Ceballos, you know, one of the things that's let him down recently is he's been caught in possession in dangerous areas. He's been caught in possession in that area just in front of the back four where he's received it from Bern Leno or from a defender and he's turned into trouble, at times taken an extra touch. And it's why I've constantly said that I think Danny Ceballos isn't press resistant. So what do you do with someone who's not press resistant? You take them out of the position in which they're having trouble. Now, naturally, players get more time to receive the ball in the wide areas because it is less condensed. Opposition teams see it as an area from which you are less likely to do damage directly. And so they are willing to give up territory in those wider areas more easily if it means that they can keep a, combat, a compact unit and limit the space in the centre. Danny Sabas, when he receives the ball and he has time, we know that he's capable of a trick. We know that he's capable of a flick. We know he's got a good vision, good passing range. And what he did 
and this was 100% deliberate on Arsenal's part, was he pulled out to the left-hand side. Danny Sabayas was occupying a very different area to the one our midfield pivot normally does. Now, I talked about Xhaka before, and I talk about Xhaka playing infield, and Xhaka normally plays infield because uh, Tierney is on the outside. But in the absence of Tierney, Xhaka thought, or, or Arsenal thought, Xhaka's not going to give me that width. I don't want Xhaka receiving the ball on the touchline and driving in. Um, I would rather that Ceballos gets on the ball. And Ceballos, by pulling out to the left-hand side, gave himself lots more freedom, managed to get on the ball and drive in field with the game in front of him, um, managed to receive the ball under far less pressure. And off the back of that, off the back of a good start to the game for Danny Ceballos, and I, I always say that he's a confidence player, off the back of that positive start, Danny Ceballos just grew and grew and grew into the game. But I talk about Ceballos taking up this left-hand position, which he did ever so frequently yesterday, but it wasn't necessarily all of the time. It was when Arsenal were on the ball and when Arsenal were looking to make it happen, uh, make something happen. Without possession, you'd see Sabas very quickly revert uh, back into the centre of midfield and form that double pivot alongside Thomas Partey. And Sabas on numerous occasions made important tackles and uh, and and won the ball back for Arsenal in central areas. So this wasn't a let's play Ceballos as a left-sided player uh, tactic. It wasn't that straightforward. It was when we've got the ball and we are in possession and we're looking to expose the space on the flanks, why not use Danny Ceballos as somebody who could go out to the left-hand side? Now, that relied on Thomas Partey doing a good job um, in midfield. And Thomas Partey did do a good job in midfield yesterday, to his credit. I've I've been a little bit worried about him in recent times, but he did a very, really good job yesterday and credit where credit's due. But when Ceballos did pull out and Arsenal became this back three of holding Marie and, Ch and, and Xhaka, what did Callum Chambers do? Callum Chambers stepped forward so that in the event, in the event that Arsenal were dispossessed and, and Danny Ceballos was unable to get back in there and help out, Callum Chambers was closer to Thomas Partey. Callum Chambers was available to drop into that midfield um, and make it a double pivot again. So Thomas Partey, although you know, for large periods, he, he had to control that area by himself. He knew that he could pull in one from either side, whether it be Ceballos or Chambers. And Arsenal's formation actually, for the most part, looked a lot more like this, which is a, what, three, uh, three, three, one, two, one. I don't know what you want to call it, but it was a lot more like this. It looked a lot more like Arsenal had a back three of Xhaka Marie holding Partey in the middle, Ceballos from the left when Arsenal had the ball, Chambers from the right, Saka, Martinelli and Pepe were very interchangeable in that front area and supported Alexander Lacazette. Now, it also makes it more possible to do this and more possible to play this way when you have someone with the energy of Bukayo Saka in that advanced position because he can drop deep. Also, then Lacazette is happy to drop even deeper Um sort of from the striker position and provide that extra uh, body there. So Arsenal can very easily revert uh, to a 3-4-3, um, you know, from the 4-2-3-1 when they need to. So it was good to see that tactical flexibility and versatility. Now, I know that it was Sheffield United and I know that people are going to point to that. Um, and, and that's absolutely fine. But I think when we're talking about 
about Mikel Arteta and a lot of people have criticised him for overcomplicating things tactically at times. I thought this was a good example of where Mikel Arteta got something right. Now, I'm not saying he should be immune from all criticism because he got it right against Sheffield United. Not saying that for a second, but it worked yesterday. And I thought that his idea uh, of, of how to cope without a natural left back and get the best out of Danny Ceballos, I thought was... Um, was really positive. Obviously helped by the fact that in Pepe, Saka and Martinelli, you had the three in behind Alexander Lacazette, who when the Frenchman pressed, he knew he was going to be backed up. And we've talked about it in recent episodes. The press only works if you do it as a unit. If you do it as a team, it can be extremely effective. But when it's disjointed the way it was against Liverpool, i.e. the forward line pressing, but the midfield not following it up and then the defence not squeezing up the field, then it becomes a problem and actually a hindrance rather than a help. So those were the tactical tweaks that Mikel Arteta made yesterday against Sheffield United, albeit a weak opponent, to ensure that Arsenal coped without having a natural left back, coped with uh, Granit Xhaka playing uh, sort of in that position um, and got the best out of Danny Ceballos, who played with a real swagger, a real confidence yesterday. And that was because he had time on the ball and he had time on the ball because he was picking it up from a completely different area. So that's my tactical analysis of the game yesterday. It's why Arsenal were in control. It's why Arsenal created chances. Um, a combination of those tactical tweaks, plus the athleticism, the enthusiasm that we had in those forward areas allowed us to break quickly, allowed us to win the ball high up the pitch because we were uh, able to press. I thought it was brilliant. Um, it's all on Thursday now. You know, Thursday is absolutely huge. Let's not, let's not, um, you know, take anything away from that. Um, it is all about Thursday in the context of our season. It's, it's massive. And if Mikel Arteta fails to pull off a result, then the Wolves will be out again and, and probably rightly so. But, you know, I thought yesterday we could only beat what was in front of us. We did a good job of it. And and for that, uh, Mikel and the team, the personnel that were involved, uh, deserve some credit. Going to pick up a couple of questions before, um, before I uh, jump off of this stream. Don't forget, we'll be bringing you another one later on today as well. So uh, plenty of content to come. Uh, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you click on the membership uh, link and check it out and see if you're interested in supporting the podcast further. Also, uh, download the Le Bomb app, a brand new football predictor game. You can find the link in the description. Must be 18 to play and a UK resident. Uh, Brad Richardson says, do you think Xhaka will stay at left back for Thursday? I think it's given Mikel Arteta an option, right? Um, and I think when we're talking about Xhaka at left back, it's not actually Xhaka as a standard left back. It's Xhaka as a left centre back stroke left back. And that's the difference. He's not playing the role that Kieran Tierney would. He's playing in a in a, a deeper, more reserved role. And he's probably more like part of a back three than he is part of a back four and a left back. So that's um that's important to know. I think that Danny Ceballos um you know, if he plays the way he played yesterday, it uh, gives us an option to come in in midfield and fill that void left by Granit Xhaka. And it means that we don't take Bukayo Saka out of the team, uh, sort of out of the attacking areas. It also means that Cedric doesn't have to muddle for another game playing on his wrong side, which is extremely difficult, by the way, particularly as a fullback. It gives Mikel Arteta an option. I just wonder if Slavia Prague will, will be, well, I know they're better than Sheffield United. And I worry that, Slavia Prague, if we were to play this way, could dominate the midfield a lot more than Sheffield United did. And that could 
maybe be a problem for us. And, and, you know, on the one hand, I think it's an option, but on the other, I'm a little bit worried about it because I do acknowledge whilst I, I think you should give Arsenal credit for defeating Sheffield United as comfortably as we did. I think it would be dangerous to assume that it would work as well and as easily uh, against the team at the level of Slavia Prague. Sheffield United, not a great side. And I think it showed um, they're a championship side and it showed. So um, I'm not sure I would go with it on Thursday, but it does give Mikel Arteta an option. It does give him something to think about. Um, and, you know, what it did do was it, by allowing Tobias to, to change his role slightly, by having that stability of keeping three men back all the time, it gave us a little bit more uh, opportunity to to press more aggressively in the forward positions. And we did get in behind, um, you know, Sheffield United on, on a number of occasions. But when I look back at that first leg against Slavia Prague, we did get in behind them even without playing this way. So I take encouragement from that. On another day, we take our chances and the tie's done and dusted. We didn't, unfortunately course it's a big problem um but you know I, I think i in terms of system i don't think i would move away too much from what we did in the first leg because i don't think from a systems perspective we got it too wrong um there's an argument that abamyang maybe should have played because he has that ability to run in behind and and finish etc but um you know as i say i don't think we should veer away too much from what we did uh, in the first leg, because tactically, I don't think it was wrong. I just think we weren't clinical enough. We weren't efficient enough. And unfortunately, we switched off in the late stages. Um, let's pick out one more question uh, before uh, before we wrap it up. Um, Anurag says, uh, do you think, uh, sorry, hey, Harry, here's a question for you. Do you think Lacazette's form is more to do with playing for a move next season? I, listen, Anurag, I, I can't, fought Lacazette for his effort right I, I, you know whatever we say about him as a striker and there is a, a a strong case that says he's not been anywhere near clinical enough since he joined the club and he's not really lived up to this huge price tag that we paid for him etc etc but his commitment for me has never been in question um, so I'm not too worried about that I don't see it as Lacazette playing for a move away I actually think Lacazette will probably prefer to stay at Arsenal but Arsenal have a decision to make um, you know, they have a, a real decision to make, uh, you know, with regards to Lacazette this summer, because we know his contract uh, runs into the, you know, the the final year uh, next season. And it's kind of now or never in terms of a sale. But I just think right now that as much as I like Aubameyang, and I do appreciate that he's a good striker and he will get you X amount of goals a season. I just think that with Alexander Lacazette leading the line, Arsenal have a greater balance. And balance is important in a football team. It's massively important. People point to Lacazette and say he's the reason we didn't win on Thursday night. But ultimately, do we create as many chances without his link-up play, without him dropping deep and leaving spaces in behind him for the wide forwards to expose? I'm not so sure about that. So I um, I like Lacazette. Um, not always sort of delivered, but he has um, he has for me at the very least, always given 100%. And, and I don't think that move away is on his mind, if I'm honest. I think he'll be fully focused on the job. And I think his priority and preference will probably be to stay in London and with Arsenal, if I'm honest. Uh, Matt G says, is Odegaard definitely out on Thursday? I've heard nothing to suggest otherwise, Matt. So um, the way I look at it, I think he will be out. Remember, at the, off the back of that, um, uh, off the back of the... Uh, 
the game with Liverpool, we were told, weren't we, that he'd probably miss the next couple of games. And he missed the first leg. He missed yesterday. I think he'll probably be out, to be honest with you. As I say, it will be great to have him back. And unless we get an update in the next couple of days saying otherwise, my gut feeling right now, and it is just a feeling, is that Martin Odegaard probably will be a little bit short uh, for Thursday. But we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Right, going to leave it there. Thank you to uh, all of you for tuning in to our tactical analysis of Sheffield United nil, Arsenal 3. A good result uh, for the Gunners. Uh, a good performance too, albeit against Sheffield United. Now all the attention turns to Thursday and uh, we'll be uh, continuing our build up to that massive game over the next few days right here on the channel. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Make sure you hit the like button if you haven't already. Check out the Le Bon app and check out our membership scheme and I'll be back very, very soon with more Arsenal content. Until then, ciao. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.